This is Coda Radio, episode 500 for January 9th, 2023. Hello, friends, and welcome into Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, taking a pragmatic look at the art and the business of software development and the world of technology. Joining us for 500 weeks, my friends, it's our host, Mr. Dominic. Hello, Mike. Resistance and futile. All your servers will have internal errors. Welcome to episode 500. You will surrender your flesh. I did have to surrender a USB-C port before the episode could start. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. I did have to give up a little bit of uh, USB-C. For whatever reason, I had a port die. But it felt like a sacrifice that was... I don't know. It was worth giving for the 500th episode. <laughs> Boom party. Congratulations. Congratulations to you. Yeah, I think this is JB's first 500. Now, I missed a bit of a run, right? Wes was here for a bit. So also congrats to Wes as well. Yes. It's, uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. And of course, when it is a birthday, we like to give away the presents. You know, you and I, we like to have the presents. So you have a present for the audience. Do you want to... Uh, you want to start with your gift? I do. So Chris awesomely helped me launch Gamer Radio, a little sad production that I'm doing all about video games and family games and tabletop games. And there's a Discord. We got uh, roughly 30 people in there right now, and we do some live game streams and playing games together. Things from Arena to we're going to do some Spell Table to XCOM. So. Do, 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 do. Well, congratulations, congratulations. But let's be honest, I, I, you, you're amazing, but you know, we did our first stream, Chris. Do you know what I was wearing? Were you wearing your robe? Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Yes, guess what, everybody? The Coda robe is coming back for a limited time to celebrate episode 500. The Coda's back. Now, uh, I have good news and I have bad news. The good news is I think we have a massively improved fulfillment shipping pipeline so we will not be doing the fulfillment this time around and the creator of the robe the people who actually manufacture it will not be doing the fulfillment thankfully in order to make sure we have all of our i's dotted and our t's crossed and that we can make sure everywhere we say we ship we will ship to we're going to delay orders until the 25th which is just around my birthday actually so for my birthday we're going to open up the orders. so on the coder that comes out on january 25th with that episode, the orders will be live. I'm telling you this now so you can prepare. I think it's like going to be around 60 bucks or 50 bucks. It's not a super cheap. It's a very nice rope. But I think this is probably the very last run. It is a difficult item. It's been an educational item. And what we have learned from this will be applied to future items. But I think this will be the final run of the coder robe. So if you'd like to get yourself a limited item, it'll be towards the uh, end of January. And hopefully it should be much more simple shipping for international orders. Very excited about it. Of course, I'm going to get myself several this time. <laughs> so. Yes, I have a list of people <laughs> who are upset that I did not get a sufficient number of robes. So, Oh, yeah. All the kids want one, too, now. Yeah. You know, if they see dad's robe. Yeah. I'm very excited. Do you know what my son said? Hmm. So I was doing the stream. I just put him to bed. I was in my robe putting him to bed. He said, Dad? Yeah? Why are you dressed like palps? <laughs> meaning Emperor Palpatine. 
So the robe, the robe really crosses. And I just want to say, for the number of DMs I've gotten about late ordering robes, this is your moment. Okay, mm-hmm. you can order robes now and never again. Well, there's no order page yet, but there will be at the end of January. I'll, I'll fire it up. You know, we will tweet it out every day. We'll put it on blast. And I'll update people as we get close, but I did want to make the announcement that it's here. And the reason why we didn't just start taking the orders now is uh, we want to make sure that everything's going to work with this fulfillment company, and then they will be processing the orders. Yeah, good call. They have locations outside the U.S., which where it's it, the, the robe is made here in the States, so that actually made shipping more challenging. <laughs> so go uh, All right, well, there you go. Gamer Radio, Mr. Dominic launches Gamer Radio. Yes. Where are they going to go to actually listen? I mean, you mentioned the Discord, but like, where do they go to actually catch, you know, end results? Uh, it is on Fireside Gamer Radio. It is now in iTunes and should be live in Spotify today. Ah, you got you got. It still, it still takes way too long to get the iTunes. I, 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 ju- I was shocked at the. It, well, I shouldn't be dealing with Apple. So yeah, jump into the Discord. Yeah, we're rocking it. You know, that's great. I of course would love to visit from time to time if you'll have me. You know, every now and then. I would love to have you again. Maybe we could make a Christmas special out of it or something. That's amazing. <laughs> Every holiday. You know what else you should do is, in fact, I'll go do it for you right now, is you should add your, uh, you should add it to the podcast index because then that'll get it in all the podcasting 2.0 apps right away. Someone, I think someone did. Oh, well, good. There, Then you may already be on top of it. I have, well, I didn't do it, but <laughs> I don't know. So, speaking of victories that didn't involve me directly that I forgot to put in the show. Oh, yeah? What? The long digital national nightmare of me being locked out of my Instagram is over. Oh, okay. All right. So can you recap for people that haven't been following the dramatic saga? Dramatic saga. I destroyed my iPhone, as one does, or really just me. And it had my two-factor auth, which is Google Auth. I did not have the backup codes. You've all sufficiently yelled at me for this already. There's no reason to send me another email. No, no, really? <laughs> I attempted to unlock it through various means that Instagram provides, but no luck. Then sitting watching the X-Files, I kid you not, this is how I figured it out. Well, do you want the solution? Let me, let me tell you how I came to the solution. Yeah, because I'm actually thinking about watching the X-Files, so now I'm really interested. <laughs> so I'm watching season one of the X-Files because I, okay. I, I just had to take a Trek break. You know, the, it, I, I've been in the uh, holodeck too many times and I don't know what's real anymore. It's funny. I was, yeah, I think after Enterprise, I think we're going to do X-Files to take a Trek break. Yeah, exactly. That's where you go. It's, it's, it's Trek detox is the X-Files. Or it's like when you go into a candle shop and now they all start to smell alike. So you got to like smell some coffee to reset the palate. Exactly. It's exactly right. So I'm watching it and poor, poor Agent Mulder can't figure out how he just saw the one dude that he's been chasing. It's another guy. It's a whole thing, right? They're basically like skinwalkers or whatever. They look like each other. And it turns out the guy can... It's, it's the one where they're chasing a weird religious sect that like lives in the woods and can change their appearance and gender on demand. Like, literally, they're, they're basically uh, changelings. Like, full-on appearance, right? Like, Odo-style or more just like Star Trek VI Escape from Prison-style? I think they have to be people. I don't think they can change into, like, Odo could change into, like, a vase, right? Odo is weird. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's more like Star Trek VI, Escape from Prison Style. Yeah, I think so. Then I was realizing this dumb video unlock that Instagram kept trying to have me do. My wife is in my profile picture with me, and we took a group photo with her, me, and the kids. And is it possible that because she, because I'm doing the selfie, which puts her at the center, because, you know, I'm 
Yeah, you hold the phone out in the angle. That they now think it's her Instagram account. This comes to you while you're watching the X Files. You're watching the X Files, right? Because Mulder, he was all confused. He can't figure out how like they're looking for a killer who they think is a this lady with curly hair and whatever, and he's chasing her down, and it's like a dude, right? And it's like just like a completely different looking dude. And he's like, how the hell could this happen? And he's like freaking out. And Scully's like, Mulder, you're crazy. Which, by the way, if you keep saying that to him, yet this stuff keeps happening, maybe you're crazy, Scully. Yeah, he's just going to discount it. Right. (laughs) You might be the whack job, Scully. So I go and I say, hey, can you like turn your head and just do what this phone tells you? Within two minutes, I get an email. We have authenticated you. Here is your unlock code. Please click this link to disable two-factor authentication and regain control of your account. Well done, sir. Yes. Thank and thank you, David Duchovny and Jillian Andrews, for your dedicated work. I'm really impressed that that struck you. It's funny how TV shows can trigger that kind of stuff. I wonder if your brain was working on that in the background. Like, it's been a low-level stressor process stealing resources just running in the background and then when your main process was off on watching the x-files for some reason it it came up with a solution like well how does that how does that even work and the reason why i'd like to know is because so many things come to me that way i think that's a thing right when you that's like take a shower if you have a coding problem yeah because like not being focused on it you'll figure it out and i have to tell you this has been like the old dropbox client or let's be honest current dropbox client on mac os it has been draining memory just (laughs) constantly it's so bad it's so bad there is an open source alternative to that by the way maestro or maestro i can't remember but it might be worth looking that up it's way better than the native dropbox app oh i didn't use i just gave up on dropbox so well so you're in so now am i going to see you insta like crazy or what like what's your plan girl no but i'm you know why i like having it back because i have had this account since like whenever insta was a thing in 2010 and people had tried to send me messages, like, you know, folks from college, stuff like that. And I had no way to reply. Isn't it funny that of all of the platforms, Instagram has become such a popular messaging platform? No, it's really funny is a lot of my old friends hate Facebook, but love Instagram. <laughs> Linode.com slash coder. That's where you go to get $100 and 60 day credit on a new account. It's a great way to support the show while you're checking out fast, reliable cloud hosting that's been built for developers. It really is the best in the business because they've had to make a great product and survive on that product. I mean, they're a serious company. They're not like a flyby that, uh, okay, I'm not going to name names, um, but I know a moderately well-known hosting company that was started by a couple of lawyers just thought, you know what, this market looks like it's one we could make money. And they weren't technical, but as lawyers, they recognized they could probably hire a couple of kids here and there to set up some Linux boxes and they could start up a service. And that was literally how that company started. You know, I mean, must have been 10, 13 years after Linode had been around and they started to make like they started to see the the obvious signs and they thought, oh, we could do this. And so what they did is they went and got a bunch of VC funding. And this is a model that's been copied by a lot of hosting providers. They went and got a bunch of VC funding so they could grow fast, hire quick. Well, you know what that does? That screws a company up, screws them up every single time. And Linode's been doing this for nearly 19 years, building it up from the ground, like literally when the primitives were just entering the Linux kernel. That's when Linode got into this business. Before AWS, years before AWS, they were the original cloud. And they've built just the best performing service on top of that. Because along the way, they had to do things like become their own ISP. They realized they're going to have to optimize storage. They figured out that compute options were going to be absolutely necessary. And they got ahead of that stuff. 
And they've managed to stay super competitive by adding on features that are just so useful, like S3-compatible object storage, super transparent backups that are easy to understand, infrastructure management tools if you want to use Kubernetes, Terraform, Ansible, you name it, you can do it, one-click deployments of popular applications like GitLab, NextCloud, even Mastodon, and then, of course, working upstream with projects and communities like Jupyter Broadcasting to make sure that those communities are healthy because they see the macro picture when it comes to the Linux community. They understand that if you invest at the macro level, that'll pay dividends for years. That's the kind of level they're operating at. It's a really impressive company with impressive people working there with an impressive product. And that's the only reason I'd really host my stuff there. I mean, it has to be performant too. But if they're not an impressive company, I'm not going to run my business infrastructure there. And I don't want my family stuff going offline either. It sucks when my kids want to play a game and things are down or some migration's taking place or I'm moving it to some other provider because that one's raising their rates once again because all these cheap ones always do. It's, it's such a mess. And Linode just doesn't play that game. They play the good product game at great pricing. 30 to 50% cheaper than the major hyperscalers out there with support available all the time. Actual humans too. You know, not like the game where they try to filter out every possible question before you actually have to deal with a human. Linode picks up the phone when you call 365. It's a real human. They don't escalate. They fix it right there. It's awesome. It's a, it's a great service, and you can get $100 to really try it. See if what I'm saying is true. That's the best part about it. You can check it for yourself. Linode.com slash coder. A great way to celebrate 500 episodes is supporting the show by going to Linode.com slash coder. That's Linode.com slash coder. Well, it seems like Samsung and Dell have given the developers on MacBooks out there a little bit of a holiday gift. Apple, however, hasn't. There was no monitor for plebs from Apple this last year or at CES, just something beyond their $8,000 XDR screen. And uh, you linked to an article over at, you guessed it, The Verge. I still like them. But they touch on some decent research that I think we should cover real quick. They say, according to the research, and they link to the broader research, the best Mac screen size is roughly 220 PPI. And at 4K resolution, that means a 3840 by 2160 resolution at a maximum of 24 inches. On a Mac, if you have a 27-inch screen, that needs to be a 5120 by 2880. And if you want a 6K resolution screen on a Mac for something that's like 30 inches, then it needs to be 6016 by 3384 pixels. And it seems Dell and Samsung have announced very nice-looking monitors that get pretty close to these specs. Like Dell has one that, that nails that 2880 resolution. Uh, has some some seriously nice ports on there, like HDMI, Ethernet, four USB-A ports. It's essentially also a hub. Thunderbolt hub at that. Kind of nice. I don't know what the prices are, but uh, it seems like where Apple has uh, closed the door, Samsung and Dell are opening a window for Mac users. Well, so there's a lot to like here. One, I think the Apple monitor starts at 5,000. Of course, if you want a stand, want it's stand. automatically six. And if you want it to be matte instead of glossy. And if you want Apple Care. If you want a monitor for your $7,000, if you want a warranty, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just ridiculous. Price-wise, you know they're going to undercut Apple. So these will probably be like, I, I would, I'd bet my hat they're going to be like three. Yeah, I could see that. Three, two, three, eight. Still, you know, these are for people who like actually care about color reproduction and stuff. But I'm kind of happy that Dell is still awake and not blacked out somewhere. Yeah, good point. Thank you. That was that's the end of that. That's episode five hundred. I'm happy Michael Dell's yeah. not blacked out on a couch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, 
the signal from Dell's been a little weak for the last two years. It's been bad, right? Like, the XPSs were super hot, and then they're like, yeah, whatever, we'll make another one. It's the same. Yeah, the 13's just going in the, like, it's going in the direction that Apple just had to do a hard pivot out of. Like, it, I just don't understand it. And Lenovo's like, would you like an insane laptop that I'm pretty sure you can't bring on a plane? Or should it bring on a plane? Did you see that thing? No, what is this? was this a machine at CES? Yeah, this is the one that, like, the bottom part is a touch keyboard. It's all screen. It's all screen. It, like, folds Yes, yeah. I did see that. I did. I did see that. You know I have to buy one to see how I can break it, because people on Twitter are taunting me. I would buy one and use it with a Bluetooth monitor so I could have two screens. If I could have two screens, and that's where a folding laptop or something like that would be awesome, but I, I'm not going to buy a first gen, that's for sure. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Of course, you know me. But I think the broader story here is that Apple is in a bad way. Little coincidence. You want to know a little, uh, little interesting little quinkadink there, Mike? You broke your Mac again. I, uh, no. It's roughly, I don't remember the exact numbers, but you remember back in the uh, 80s, early 90s when they kicked Steve Jobs out? Yeah. He was gone for around 4,400 days before he came back and saved the company. And guess what? We just hit that same 4,400-day milestone since he died. Oh, wow. And I think history is repeating itself. And I, I, you know I never pull this card. I never pull this card about Steve Jobs. But I do think maybe there is something to this because 2023 is looking like an absolute dog crap year for Mac and Apple users. First of all, they haven't executed on this monitor. So Samsung and Dell are stepping in. It's so weird that they left this wide open. Yeah, this is three grand Apple could have been making. Easy, four grand. Apple could have Apple could have charged thirty eight hundred four grand for this thing, but German has a big report that came out in Bloomberg, and I grabbed some highlights. And if he's right, all my predictions are coming true, and yours are coming wrong. He says there is going to be a Reality Pro headset introduced, not necessarily sold, but introduced at WWDC. Reality Pro headset. Uh. But here's the narrative they built around this thing. Get ready for this. This smells like corporate narrative BS to me. German just happened to get this info, right? Like, don't you, first of all, it's a little strange that German has gotten this access for this long and Apple hasn't uh, weeded out where that's coming from. Is it? Every other example, Apple has shut it down, but yet German continues to get info from supposedly high up. And that sounds like controlled leaking to me at a certain point. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I think that's just, I mean, just by his, by his continued existence and being able to get access to this information, it seems like it's something Apple has blessed. And here's what his insiders told him. They've told him that Apple has pulled resources from other projects, other hardware projects and software projects in the company to focus on the Reality Pro, to get it across the finish line for this year. The quote is, quote, and it could mean Apple has fewer major breakthroughs to show off this year. Doesn't this sound like expectation setting? Doesn't this sound like classic Apple expectation setting? And it plays on this narrative that we we bought when Apple was this dying company that they could only afford to focus on one thing at a time. And they couldn't, the old, the old meme was that Apple can't chew bubblegum and walk at the same time. People also pinned that on Steve Jobs because he was only able to focus on one project or something. There's all these reasons, right? All this speculation. And it, but the, but the, what the narrative results in is, but the new project that they're working on is so awesome. It's so incredible because it's getting the whole company focused that you know when they launch, it's going to be amazing. You're going to have to buy it. That's the end result of this narrative. That's why Apple goes this direction. It sounds like spin to me. It sounds like multiple teams since the pandemic and since the work from home and the return and the mess that's created and all of the worker upheaval, multiple teams are failing to execute. 
And they're covering it with this bin that they're feeding German that they uh, are so focused. They're just so focused on the reality pro that they can't work on new features for Apple Watch, iPhone or iPad. So according to German, there will be no high end Mac Pro that's been canceled. Instead, Apple plans to release a new version some point down the line based on the M2 Ultra, making it unclear even what its features are beyond possibly expansion. There won't be any major upgrades to the iPad in 2023. He says, I wouldn't anticipate any major changes to the Apple Watch hardware this year, save for minor performance boosts. He also says there's no plans for a new Apple TV this year. He says AirPods probably won't get any update in 2023 beyond something simple. He says the only thing that's really going to be new is the return of a larger HomePod. hey oh, But it'll be cheaper and there'll be nothing really great about it or revolutionary. It'll just be a, a big speaker. Oh. What's happened? Maybe Gurman's off the mark here, but this, these are pretty specific predictions he's making. Right. These aren't vagaries. And he's got quotes. So I think I agree with you. My only thing is I still and I know everybody says it's true. I don't buy the idea of the headset for Apple. You think the whole spin about because this whole thing is predicated around the spin that everybody's so focused on their reality pro. But why? He says you're going to see about it at WWDC and that it'll ship in the fall. And that they'll release, uh, you know, dev units and SDKs over the summer. What's going to be the killer app for this thing? Arcade games, I think. Oh, because, yes, the resounding, resounding success of Apple Arcade. Yeah, I know. I don't buy it. I, I don't know. I, they'd have to have something. But, you know, they they are generally pretty good at the demo. You know, they usually figure out a few few use case demos. They don't always be the things that stick once it's in the market for a year or two, but they generally launch it with a couple of quintessential use cases. Yeah, that's true. I mean, look, I would, I, I, I agree with you. I, let, let's leave the AR glasses, whatever that ends up being aside for a second. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Because mm-hmm. I have just so many, I, I'm super skeptical on all that. Isn't this just butt covering? It's how the pros cover their butts. This is how people at the top of the marketing game cover their butts. I mean, do you know? Do you know why they like they're not making a giant Mac Pro? Because they just sold a bunch of Mac Pros to the movie industry. Basically, the economy is uh, a bit sus, as my teenage stepdaughter would say. And uh, you know, people like me are just going to get by with their Thalios and, from an Apple perspective, iMac Pros. And if I really, really need something, I could always buy another Mac MacBook Pro or a souped-up Studio Mac Studio, right? Yeah, the Mac Studio, I think, is going to be the more compelling machine, especially if they rev it at all. Well, not only that, I mean, the Mac Studio looks a lot better now, considering the new Dell and Samsung monitors. I hate to say that; that's not good for Apple, but. I think everybody should be like bracing for impact. I don't know why you can't just say like I, this iPhone that I bought, the 14 Pro, it's fine. I sort of wish I hadn't broken my my whatever it was, 12 Pro, because it's it's just not different enough for me to be happy about the amount of money it costs. Yeah, I think there's that element of it. I think also there is more investment, harder work required now to get bigger gains and the market has gotten really used to every year something new comes along that that's like worth spending another thousand dollars. They've built a whole model around that. That's just not all that sustainable right now. That's a very tricky thing because they have supply chain challenges. 
They have chip innovation challenges. And I believe, and I think you do too, it sounds like they also have internal strife and staffing issues that are causing projects to miss their deadlines. Well, and they're, and they're also trying to swing that. You have to, like, they're fighting the internal stuff, like you just said about, uh, in particular, the work from home, supply chain's an issue. And I don't know, I, I feel like I've been like very reductive the last month. But when people feel insecure in their jobs and the amount of income they're going to have, really high-end luxury products that I have to be honest, somebody I know just got one of those uh, Samsung flippy phones, the uh, the folding ones. It makes me feel really bad about my $1,000 iPhone sitting on my desk right here. Isn't it funny how the sentiment changes? I think that shows you how much power actual the central bank does actually have over the way we just view the view spend expenditures. But uh, before we move on, just really aside, but this is my personal little soapbox. We are standing at the beginning of a wave of a new narrative that is going to wash over the Apple community. So what happens here is these these are basically talking points for the Apple media ecosystem. The the blogs, the podcasts, the YouTubers, the, you know, even the writers like your Joanna Stearns, your Grubers. They're going to take what German said and distill it into a philosophy in which they view all of Apple's actions. And so now we are going to hear a year of excuses by all of these Apple quote unquote pundits based around this narrative. And that's why Apple leaks this stuff to German, because it it allows the community to do the PR coverage for them. And these Apple shows have so little to talk about that there's just clamor at the opportunity to do it and pass along this narrative of, well, they're so focused on their reality pro. Of course, the issue is they get very angry if there is no reality pro. And I think you might be right. However, People may be more preoccupied because as we go on the air this week, Amazon begrudgingly has announced that they are laying off 18 workers, 18,000. I can't even believe the number coming out of my mouth hole. Jeez. At first it was somewhere around eight or 10, but then somebody leaked the internal memo that made it clear it was going to be 18,000 or more to the Wall Street Journal. And then once the Wall Street Journal ran with the news, Amazon's new CEO with legitimately some dude, like some like, well, now that it's out there kind of remarks, published the information publicly. They, he says, quote, Amazon has weathered uncertain and difficult economies in the past, and we will continue to do so. This also follows Meta's 11,000 layoff or 13% of their staff. And one of the things that we said on the show just a couple of episodes ago is that after the holidays, the big tech companies would signal to the market by laying off hard, that the leaders, quote unquote, of the tech market are doing hard, big layoffs. And that's a signal they're sending to investors. And that's also a signal that smaller tech companies will internalize. That's exactly what I said would happen is they do. They blow off a little bit of steam before the holidays, which they did. They'd hold it for Christmas and they would do more layoffs at the top of January to get to get to get it out at the top of the year. And eight, I did not expect an 18,000 shot in one single shot, but it's unbelievable. There's 36 different tech companies that fall on the tracking list at layoffs.fyi that have done layoffs in January so far. 36 different tech companies. Amazon obviously being the largest. Thoughts on this? This is more draconian than I expected. I'm hoping, maybe to cast some some sunlight on this, some silver lining, that it's 18,000 because, you know, very wisely, they just wanted to rip the Band-Aid off in one shot and be done. Just, you know, have one bad press cycle. And I hope that's it. Still, it's 18,000, which is a lot. 
They also just took out an $8 billion loan, again, to hedge against the economy. Oh, get that get that credit while that credit's easy to get. That's what that is. Well, get this, because they took it from, like, they, they got it from the Bank of Tokyo and some other bank. So they have a one-point-something interest rate, a 364-day term, which they have the option to extend another year. At a 1% interest rate, inflation is at, you know, 7 8%. That means they're actually making money on this deal when you account for inflation. Which is amazing. <laughs> they're getting eight bill, and they're going to make money on it because of inflation. Because they're getting the money at the rate that's low. That's that's basically seven or eight percent lower than the inflation rate. So they're not only doing this eighteen thousand layoff, but they're getting out an eight bill to help cover existing operating costs. That's a, in my opinion, a savage strategic decision. Because only Amazon, only the absolute rich, get access to funds like that. You or I couldn't even get a a thousand dollar loan at that interest rate. Not even kidding. And you couldn't get a credit card at that interest rate for 500 bucks. And they get a bill. No, I'm sorry. They get eight bill at a 1% interest rate. It's ridiculous. And what they can do is they can build that nest egg and they can sit on that as all of the mom and pop shops collapse throughout 2023. And they have that eight bill loan plus the 18,000 layoff that's going to basically allow them to sustain and then come out the reigning supreme champion on the other end of the recession. I think it's a very savage move. I'm not happy to see it. And you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to just support more of my local shops. <laughs> gonna, yeah, yeah. That's, what, I mean, that's what you should do, right? Yeah. I'm just going to double down on it and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to just, you know, it feels retro, but I'm going to do this thing called going to the store. Yep. Tailscale.com slash coder. Every so often, technology comes along that is truly a landscape shifter accessible to experts, longtime developers, and to new users who maybe their only computer is a smartphone. Accessible to server operators, accessible to my kids, right? I mean, that's seriously a rare thing. Tailscale is that technology. Tailscale is a mesh VPN protected by WireGuard. They can't see your traffic. They help the back end get all your machines connected with each other. In fact, they also offer tailnet lock if you want to be responsible for that. But they have a back end that helps your machines see each other, and then they communicate directly using WireGuard. It has a flat mesh network wherever you go. And one of the beautiful things is you can get it set up on just about any device in the world in a couple of minutes. If you've got 10 minutes, you can get TailScale on probably eight machines. <laughs> you know, it's really super simple. It's ridiculously simple to share things, too. So if you wanted to share one machine or one port with somebody else, you can absolutely do that. TailScale Sand acts like AirDrop for all your devices, Linux boxes, mobile devices, Windows PCs, Macs. I mean, I have it in VMs. I have it on Raspberry Pis. It's fantastic. And of course, TailScale SSH allows you to establish SSH connections between your devices in your TailScale network as authorized by your access controls in TailScale. You don't have to manage SSH keys. It authenticates your SSH connection using WireGuard. It's the two things I love the most brought together. There's nice little features and integrations they've been adding as well. So if you need to like bring in a subnet that's outside of TailScale for some testing, they have some options for you there as well now. It's such a great service, and you can try it for free for up to 20 machines when you go to tailscale.com slash coder. I don't have any inbound ports on any of my firewalls anymore. It's so nice. I can get to all my resources. I've got NextCloud living inside TailScale. It's just changed the way I network forever. And it's changed how easy it is for me to get access to all the resources on all of my disparate networks, VPSs, LANs, you name it. Go try it. 
you can use it for free, not a trial. You can just use it for free for up to 20 devices. Tailscale has very minimal overhead costs here because they're not moving your traffic around. They're just helping keys and machines discover each other. And they have a whole blog post on this as well. It's, I think it gives you good insight into how clever this company is. Go try it out. I think you're going to love it. I give it a strong recommendation. And you can support the show and get it for free up to 20 devices when you go to tailscale.com slash coder. Tailscale.com slash coder. Now, at this point in time, I think we thought WebAssembly would potentially be the go-to solution for web apps years ago when we first started talking about WebAssembly. So it's kind of interesting to do a little check-in in early 2023 and just kind of see where things were at. So when you shared this link earlier today, I was uh, kind of interested. I took a little read through it. I'm curious what jumped out at you. Yeah, uh, so there's a lot here. It's one, there has been lots of activity on WebAssembly. There are kind of competing implementations of WebAssembly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or at least the runtime stuff. At least the runtime stuff, yep. I'm not going to break down each comparison here because I tend to think benchmarks are as useful as statistics that are made up on podcasts. But what I will say is that it is looking better than it has performance-wise. I'm a little concerned about how many different runtimes there are. And as is everything in the JavaScript world, I was surprised to find a million things written in WebAssembly that are just odd, in particular gaming stuff. Like there's lots of games that have been ported to WebAssembly. Still, the general usage is, to me, surprisingly low. I agree with you there. You know, I stay broadly aware of WebAssembly, but I wasn't aware of all the different runtime interpretations and Again, you know, the benchmarks are only so useful, but they may be useful in the sense that they tell us the performance characteristic differences between the different runtimes. And boy, are there some. And some of the more popular ones, because they're simple and written in Go, <laughs> some of the more popular ones are like the absolute slowest. Uh, it's brutal in some cases. I had no idea that it was this bad. However, what I do find kind of interesting, and it, you know, I mean, it's kind of the highlight of the article, is that if you just kind of abstract away and just kind of benchmark the two most popular or the three most popular runtimes, the performance is, it's not near native, but it's damn close in some cases. It is, it's, you know, it's years above like what Electron could provide or anything like that. So it's, if you use the right runtime, which is fully optimized and not widely deployed, you get really great results. <laughs> That's what I took away. Here, here's, here's what they say. When using the fastest runtime, WebAssembly was only about 2.32 times slower than native code with architecture-specific optimizations. So that's compared against architecture-specific optimization native code. When using the fastest runtime, it was only about 2.3 times slower. Now, again, that's 2.3 times slower, but that's slower than native code optimized for that specific chip. That's actually huge, right? That's that's. That's really good. That seems like a big deal to me. Yeah. Um. So I'm excited about that, but I, you know, I've always kind of been tantalized by it. I, I, I may, it may be one of those things where I come across and I don't even know. Who knows, right? Mm, I, I don't think you do. I, I looked really hard. We might be. I mean, maybe I could see Squadcast using it. Although not really, because it's, it's just using WebRTC. Yeah. 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 Well, way to shoot that down. Uh. Just beep you. Actually, if you just want to see an intense analysis of the state of WebAssembly and the different runtimes, their differences, 
and performance characteristics. This is a hell of a read. If this is your thing, this is a hell of a read. We'll put a link in the notes. Ask not what your podcast can boost for you, but what you can boost for your podcast. If you'd like to celebrate episode 500, you can boost in 500,000 sats to say thank you, and we'll read your boost at the top of the next show. Yeah, I'm going big for 500. 500,000 sats. Why not? Or, or maybe some other clever 500 iteration. I don't know. Skypush came in with 1,000 sats, and this is in response to my question about should I just leave the damn Mac on with my screens on because my, my Mac was just being an SOB. Skypush says, I have a NAS in my office that I left as a desktop environment running on there as well. This is really nice because he has the headless system running all the time, but if something goes awry, he has an always-on workstation that he can just hook up to. He says, I say you put a GUI on one of your servers in the office for quick access, depending on how performant you need it. It's not bad, Skypush. I was also thinking about using the Pi 400 for that. Underfunded 7360 came in with a row of baby ducks. Says, this is my very first boost. It'll come in. Boosting. I don't turn off my Linux desktop machine, but I turn off my laptops. I use laptops as thin clients to my desktop using various remote desktop tools. All right, so that's an interesting idea. Uh, I don't know if I could live with that, but I have dreamed of having a server in the closet that's a thin client, and then I just use, uh, it's a, you know, I use thin clients everywhere else. But uh, Underfunded also says, congratulations on the release of Gamer Radio and the upcoming Coder 500. I am uh, HDL on Matrix. Here's some baby ducks. Well, thanks for your first boost. HDL. Can I do a real-time breaking news? Popped up in my feed. Yeah, give it to me. All right, this is from your favorite website, The Verge. Bob Iger's back, and all the uh, Mickey Mouse uh, little worker mice have to be back in the office four days a week. Oh, really? He's Wow, isn't that interesting? You know, you know again, what we've seen from the Elon uh, uh, tweet leaks, or uh, whatever, DM leaks, with all of his CEO buddies, this is basically what they called a gentleman's layoff. Right, yep. Isn't that what they said? Yep. What a move. What a mm. move. Mm. Yeah. We didn't have a lot of big boosts. And it's funny because uh, it's our 500th episode. But we did get 10,000 sats from Mr. Sir Alex Gates. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Uh, he says, you know what? You guys were talking about Duolingo last week. I'm disappointed in its newest update. It was great until a few months ago. Hopefully all the people canceling their subscriptions will give them a hint. I don't know. I haven't heard many complaints from my family. They seem to be pretty dang hooked. I maintain user retention tricks in that app are top notch. But uh, yeah, it's funny when they make a big change like that. If a lot of people hate it, they will uh, roll it back. Well, they'll know. They'll know. Parish Potato came in with 1,500 sats. I like the show. Keep it up. And then J-Cube came in with a row of ducks. I just started on Coder episode 497 and then was treated to Gamer Radio. Both were excellent. I will continue with Coder and I very much hope to get more of Gamer. That was, they just started listening. That must have been a little like, whoa, what's this? <laughs> he missed a lot. <laughs> well, welcome in, J-Cube. And thanks for the boost. If you are a Fountain FM user, make sure you do your App Store updates because they just released a brand new massive version that has a new UI, new functionality, including the ability to top off your Bitcoin wallet directly in Fountain FM now. GetAlby.com is where you can get the Albi extension. They also just recently added the ability to use MoonPay to top off your wallet. Although I'm reliably informed that if you try to use something like a gift visa, it'll flag your account. So, Because they do have that whole KYC thing. So that way you're not a terrorist, you see. They have to make sure you're not a terrorist trying to launder money into cryptocurrency and send it to Kim Jong down in the Korea. So they got to check your identities. Well, I just, I took a weird turn there. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, so getalby.com has MoonPay 
top off that. I know that was got weird, didn't it? That got a little weird. Got yeah. weird. I like it for five hundred. Five hundred. Ready? Internal server error. What? Oh, okay. All right. Well, okay. You got to submit it. You got to submit it. In the Somebody chat already room. did. They're on it. Oh, oh, good job. Good job. Uh, I want to thank our members. Just take a minute here and say, members, thank you so much. You know, we launched that when we went independent again. And as we enter 2023 and the ad market's getting crazy, we are getting more pitches now in our inbox than we are emails from our listeners. And it's a very easy process for them to scrape my email address from the RSS feed. And uh, they just get it from iTunes and then just blast me emails. And it's crazy. These things, the big one, be really, be really careful. People are getting paid to do interviews and that's just, you know, something that's helps them fill airtime and helps pay the bills, I suppose. Members, thank you for just allowing us to just laugh and click delete. Truly are investing in the ongoing production. We'll have a new Coderly for you in the new quarter. If you'd like to become a member, CoderQA.co, you get an ad-free version of the show and you get the Coderly report, or you can support the whole network, get all the shows ad-free at Jupiter.party and I get all their special features as well. Mr. Dominic, is there anywhere you want to send the people for the, uh, for the big 500? Can you believe it? 500. Wow. It's a lot. You know what? 500 weeks of doing anything is a huge commitment. It's a lot. It's, it's funny how I, I, I feel for that dude coming in on 497. It's just there's so much <laughs> like history. Yeah. Don't go back. Just go forward. Yeah, don't go back. Just please, go forward. Please do me a favor. Don't, 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 don't go back. Don't listen to what they say about Swift either. Just don't. Don't. I don't know how to celebrate 500. Mark your calendar for January 25th to buy a robe and don't complain at me in, a, in three months that you didn't get one. <laughs> Also join us on Matrix, coder.show slash Matrix, coder.show slash 500 for our links, slash Matrix for the URL and all of that. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back here next week. See ya. Bye-bye. Misa, Jar Jar.